Well, that could have gone better. That could have gone much better, my friend. Sure could have. And that's how we're going to start this show. I'm Dan, he's Mike, this is Pandemonium Reigns, and that could have gone better. We're no longer undefeated as a podcast, fam. I wasn't going to actually say it publicly, but you did it. <laughs> if we start 8-0 every time, we'll, we'll do this for the rest of our lives. Oh, I'll take it. I will take it. I will take it. I'm going to need some of those sponsors to go ahead and come through. Come on, boys. Which, just one more shout out to your buddy JW Creates on that sweet new logo. A lot of compliments. I actually had some people uh, stop me in the gym uh, today for that at the time of this recording, it being Monday night. So um, props to him. Thank you very much. That is a sweet, sweet looking logo. And I know it's good because I've got friends that are not college football fans. They don't. Uh, prescribed to the beautiful sport of CFB. They don't love the balls like you and I do. Mm-hmm. And they just keep saying, man, that logo that J-Dub made is beautiful. And I could not agree more, my friend. Yeah, it's been a great, it's going to be a great distinguisher for us. When people see that logo, they know that an orange cast is on the horizon. And when they see the old logo that uh, somebody we won't mention made, that's not as good. <laughs> not quite to the same level. Not quite. Uh, that you can expect the normal podcast the, uh, conversation being everything but Tennessee football, but this being an orange cast. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk Tennessee and we're going to talk Tennessee, Georgia, and we're going to be sad about it because we're fans and we can. Yeah, we're not with the University of Tennessee. We're not with the tv stations and the radio stations were fans just like probably everyone listening and tough loss saturday uh could have been a lot worse i actually think uh man i've been all over the place emotionally thinking about this game um and we'll of course break it down momentarily but could have been a lot worse i would have loved to see tennessee try some different things and and do some different things but we're about to jump on into it folks yo yeah, I uh, actually want to start this episode talking about Hooker and looking at him through this Heisman conversation that has continued to surround his name throughout the first half and middle part of the season of, of, of this sport. And just want to know your thoughts on how that game affected his Heisman Trophy run. And is he being seen now in a different light? <clears throat> It depends on this. This is where we'll learn a lot about if he probably, I think to me, if he really had a chance based on what he's done so far, which he definitely absolutely should have. Um, you know, I think if you look back at previous Heisman winning quarterbacks that they've probably won the Heisman in a year and had games along the lines of 23 for 33, 195 yards, no touchdowns, one pick, uh, 17 rush yards on 18 attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they've probably had games that look like that. So I don't think he's by any means out of it, but he certainly has to ball out the rest of the way um, until the voting is, is concluded. Um, what is my concern is Saturday was a incredibly just phenomenally busy day. I didn't even get to watch all of uh, our beloved Vols, even though it was a losing effort, didn't get to watch all of it just with some stuff going on. So, you know, what does a guy like – I know what C.J. Stroud did. Um, his his stock should have fallen for sure. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young's is probably on the rise or not affected because he was still pretty dang good, miraculous doing his thing. 
Have we seen a Heisman winner with two losses, though? Probably not since Lamar Jackson, maybe. Um, Fair. Okay. Good. Good point. But him, you know, him being a, a Heisman winner the year before, I don't know how that's going to affect it. You know, I, I think they're going to overcorrect, and I think they've wanted to overcorrect, and the award go to, to Stroud. Stroud did not have a Heisman day. Blake Corum, just looking at it, twenty rushes, one hundred and nine yards, two more touchdowns because that's what he freaking does: is get two mm-hmm. touchdowns when he plays in a football game. So his campaign marches on. I know that uh, Michigan had a very weird, iffy first half of that football game against Rutgers and that you would probably want him to run for more than 109 against Rutgers. But, you know, again, we're talking about Hooker not having his usual performance for 2022, even against a talented team like Georgia. Um, So I think if anything, maybe Corum is sitting in that, you know, maybe in that first spot. I don't know. Sure. Um, but in, in my book, and, and uh, you know, also I'll say this, I don't know what Max Dugan did Saturday. I don't know that either. Or if he has a realistic shot, you know, just knowing these voters, knowing how they do, don't know where his his uh, shot stands. But it's probably maybe like Corum, Hooker, Stroud, if you're looking at like the big three, if you want to put it that way. Sure. Um, you said what I was going to say, uh, say regarding Stroud. <clears throat> I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a new front runner, not named one of those guys. Yeah. And that dude is Drake May. And I think that had Drake May, had he not been doing what he's been doing and Stroud having a bad day and Hooker having, I mean, do you call that a bad day? Are we seeing this through a Tennessee lens? I don't know. It wasn't good. It's not what he's been doing, obviously. Right. Um, I think the, 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 the resurrection, maybe that's what the, the, the rising, excuse me, of, of Drake may could cause some problems for hooker. Potentially. If he was not in the picture, <clears throat> I would say it would probably remains the same. And some, some places, I think Vegas still has hooker as a front runner. I forget who I saw had may leading that pack, but <clears throat> that could be a, a difference maker. Uh, I think we are starting to get a understanding of who is going to be, in New York for the Heisman Ceremony Trophy, and it's going to be Corum, it's going to be Hooker, it's going to be Stroud, and at this rate, it's going to be Drake May. Yeah. So. No, I'm with that. You know, at the end of the day, he was 23 for 33, like you said, uh, just shy of 200 yards. Yeah, and no touchdowns and a pick, which is bad, but the QBR sitting at 60.7. You know, I can't I can't think of a bad game in 2021 for Bryce Young for um- – you know, I'm wondering maybe statistically what he did in that Auburn game or that LSU game. Those were both close games for Alabama yeah. where they just did not do what you thought they were going to do. Um, yeah. Even with the rivalry factors of both games, even with the voodoo of uh, Jordan Hare Stadium, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, I just wonder what he did statistically in those games. And I think the Heisman was either him or Will Anderson. I uh, don't think Will Anderson's even top. 15 or 20 this year. Uh-uh. Um, but Bryce Young is still definitely doing his thing. He was, a, ma- frankly, a magician late in that game Saturday. But sure. just, again, him winning it last year, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think that – I don't think it'll happen for him unless just something insane happens. He was outstanding last year. I mean – He sure was. As, as I said on a previous ep- episode, that this is not the most valuable player. This is the most outstanding player. And as far as you said – Lamar Jackson pointing him out. I mean, his his stuff that year was outstanding. Oh yeah. This year we don't have anybody jumping off the highlight reels. It, it's been a matter of who's been outstanding in production and consistency and stuff like that. So it's a bit of an oddball year for that Heisman Trophy race. <clears throat> Still like uh, Hendon's chance. Mm-hmm. I think what will determine 
or have a big determinant, what will be a big determining factor for Hendon going forward is how does, how do they bounce back after this Georgia loss? How does Hendon carry himself? <clears throat> There's a video that I found floating around on social media. I don't know when this was, at what point this was during the game. Uh, it's late, I, if it's what I'm thinking. Where Hendon has the offense rallied around him and don't know what's being said, but he's being a leader. And you know what? That may not get you a Heisman Trophy. That's not going to be a Heisman moment. But as a Tennessee fan, that's what I want to see. You know what? And that's why as, I feel the way I do about him. Exactly. And as we uh, – actually, I need to go ahead and say this. I don't, I don't know if uh, my family, shame on them, listens regularly. But I have made it um, not clear, but I've kind of thrown in, you know, little hints that what I want for Christmas – is a Hendon Hooker home jersey. That's what I want. So yeah. if my in-laws are listening, that's what I want. But anyway, <laughs> so that's what you want to see uh, out of this guy. And as we begin to transition into the conversation of this game more specifically, here's my thought. Just just in general, you know, you piggyback after, off of this however you want to. Did we get beat? Yes. Did we get dominated? No. We did not get dominated. We did not get beat down. We got handled. Yeah. We got we got outmanned. We got, yeah. I mean, we got handled. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this was 27 to 13. This was a two-score game. There was a legitimate chance to make this a game with about, I want to say, five minutes. Yeah, left right there underneath had. that. Yeah. And we take a sack on fourth down. There was just nothing open. You know, that was another coverage sack for, for Georgia. But if you can, if you can find a way to get downfield and get a score, you're looking at an onside kick and, and again, some kind of prayer to get downfield again. Mm-hmm. But yards were so hard to come by. Absolutely. Okay? Um, but to the Georgia fans that have, have given me absolute hell, barking in my face and saying, uh, we beat you down. No, you, you didn't, actually. You did that to Oregon. But this, it was a two-score game. It was 14 points. Yep. Yes, you yes you covered the spread, but the spread was eight and a half. Uh, props to you. And, and I'm mm-hmm. just going to go ahead and say this uh, to the national public. Michael Walker and Dan Tucker were not part of the uh, people saying that Sanford is not loud. We were not saying – we were not the ones saying – and I went back and listened to the, the your, your preview. You were not the one saying that Sanford Stadium is not going to affect us. That's just stupid. So stupid. Uh, because it did. It was, yeah, it was, it absolutely it was really did. loud. Matter of fact, I was uh, I texted uh, a former student who was there, Georgia fan, and I said, hey, man, glad you got to experience that. I'm sure that atmosphere was awesome. Um, so props to, props to Georgia fans for coming out, showing up, being loud. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say it, – it'd be totally ignorant. Tennessee, Neyland Stadium is the only stadium that gets loud. And, I mean, that's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, uh, every fan base has has ruckus fans. Uh, most stadiums in the South, aside from Vanderbilt, get loud. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I mean, and again, Missouri is north of the Mason-Dixon, so I'm mm-hmm. not including that. But anyway, <laughs> so props to those guys. I mean, yeah, you, you didn't dominate us. You didn't beat us down, but you handled us. And, I mean, yards were so dang hard to come by. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, no, yeah. absolutely. I, I agree with all of what you're saying. Wasn't um, a domination – it comes down to this, and it's it's Tennessee didn't handle 
I'll say this. Georgia blitzed on something like 60-plus percent of Tennessee dropbacks, which is just far above Georgia's average, far above the average of what Tennessee's faced on dropbacks this year. And I will say this. Some of the the clips of Hendon getting sacked or, you know, him going down or him getting hit on a throw, what have you, it's just a really, really bad job of picking up the – whether it's a blitz out of the, you know, the nickel or the, the star area for Georgia – just a incredibly bad job. And I'll even go as far as to say I'm looking at dudes that should be in position off of the edge to pick up the guy that's coming. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. There's also aspects of Hinton Hooker holding on to the ball too long at times, yes. uh, taking unnecessary hits at times. Don't know where that's coming from because he is, again, second oldest quarterback in college football behind Stetson Bennett. He's been so good. I just don't know where that part came of it. Part of it can, came from. I feel like I can hint on that for a second. I mean, okay. give, me, give me 15 seconds right here. This yeah. is ga- this is game number nine, and time has been there for eight weeks. Great point. Been, that great point. It's been there. Yeah. I mean, he's he's done it for eight weeks now, where he's where he's had the time. He hasn't he hasn't had to worry what's coming from behind. I mean, and and not to mention that there could be some argument there with Jabari Small getting hurt, and he's being one of the better yes. backs and and pass pro. However, I thought Jabari Wright did. Jalen Wright, excuse me. Jalen Wright did did well in in some situations. And there was a situation where Dylan Sampson was in. He picks up a blitzer, but it's only for a short period of time because the dude comes right back at him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that Dylan Sampson was ready for that. But anyway, my my comeback to that is time's been there for eight weeks. You're you're absolutely right. Time has been there. The offensive line, we won't absolutely gush on them again, but they've been so good all season. But it comes down to this. Tennessee had three more first downs. They were god-awful on third down, two of 14, but three of five on fourth down. Georgia was only seven of 12, so a little bit better than 50% on third down. Georgia had 98 more total yards and possessed the ball for two minutes more than Tennessee. That comes out, that's a breakdown of 60, goodness, math, 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 66 more rush yards and 62 more pass yards. And Again, two minutes of time of possession, which is just bonkers for Tennessee. That's just absolutely wild yeah. for Tennessee because it's not what they do. Georgia even had more penalty yards, which is also crazy when you think about the pre-snap crap um, and all that. I mean, heck, Tennessee's penalties were largely false starts, illegal motions, things like that, killing themselves. Eric Ainge didn't do any favors on that. Um, I've even heard fans that were in attendance say that's the loudest they've seen Sanford. So, the stadium responded to the moment that the game was, mm-hmm. the crap that people decided to talk in this moment about the stadium, which was just so dumb. Georgia responded really well. They are still absolutely filled to the brims with talent at every yeah. position. Uh, I think Ringo, Kaylee Ringo made money. I think Jalen Carter made money, which is these are statements because these guys are already mm-hmm. going to be high draft picks, but they were dominant. Some Some coach, I don't know if you saw this. Tell me if you did. Some coach, I think the athletic put it out, trying to get feelers for this game, what they were, you know, seeing coming, things like that. And some coach, I don't know who it was because they didn't name him, said that the the Georgia back end, their secondary, is not amazing or they're not all inspiring or something like that. Have you watched this team play? They they're just a lighter version, I think of, of and, and I think they'll build back towards a version of last year's defense with these guys that are there with the guys that aren't playing yet because of, you know, being buried by top three, top three round picks in the NFL. I just, I don't know where these statements came from. And again, I'll say this. I don't, I didn't love some aspects of Tennessee's game plan. Um, You had, 
42 rush attempts, and 18 of those were, again, Hinton Hooker getting sacked, having very short runs. I mean, both he and Jalen Wright had a long run of 11. And the last thing that I'll add is that while Cedric Tillman's played amazing football for Tennessee, Brew McCoy's been huge in clutch moments for Tennessee, and Jalen Hyatt has been a world beater. If you go back and watch videos of that game, if Hyatt makes a break, if, if he breaks in a route, there are like four guys crashing to him. There's like three or four guys crashing to him. They did a fantastic job of, of just surrounding him. And then Tillman and McCoy, though they've made great plays, they're not burners. They're not going to go take the top off of every defense. Tillman can do that because of his route running. Not convinced McCoy can, but Tillman has done it. But he is still, I mean, he's still working back from this injury that he's not played much after. I'm sure he's close to 100%, but where's he at? And we'll never know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd love, I would love, and listen, we'll talk about this too, but I would love to see a rematch of this game. I think it's very possible that it could happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, you know, that's, that's who these teams are and it's a 14 point loss at their place yeah. for, and, and you've seen how another top yeah. 10 team was absolutely just slaughtered by this team in week one. Absolutely. So I thought from the get go that it is obvious that, Georgia had a game plan specifically for us, as you said, with this Jalen Hyatt situation. It felt like our game plan was do what we've already do what we've been doing. It yes. works. Like trust the system. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it it didn't work. So no. I was really hoping coming out of halftime we would we would begin to move the pocket. We would see some quicker stuff. Yeah. However, when there was time. Everything was covered. It yes. was – I'm going to make a reference that nobody else is going to know, just you and me, poss- <laughs> possibly some old friends that you and I have in Michigan that we haven't talked to in a couple of years. But it was like playing Phil in yeah. NCAA 14 where everything was covered. There's, there, there were no options. There, there yeah. were no options. The play that Keely Ringo uh, for the interception makes <laughs> – my gosh, his coverage from snap to pick – is 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 ha- had to have the NFL scouts absolutely drooling because here you had have to. a stud receiver at six four with that body with that frame with that speed covered, yeah covered and I, and I don't know what's in Hooker's mind going. Well, hey man, trusted this guy all year. It's got to be there. You know, I, I yeah. like I like Timmons' physicality. I like Tillman's jumping ability. I like his ability to play the ball. Kiba Ringo was like, hey, watch this. Yeah, which which goes back to I want to use this to piggyback off the the game plan for Georgia. Their game plan was in a lot of ways so simple. Now, obviously, you you pointed out there were some there were some cases for Hyatt. They were they were not going to let Hyatt beat us. It was not yeah. going to happen. But the game plan for I thought for them was simple. Man up. You can switch all that crap you want to pre snap. We're not switching. We're not changing. We're we're not going to get caught up in that mess. We believe our guys are better than yours. And with that said. I've had I've heard several people, Tennessee fans, non-Tennessee fans, say if that game is in Knoxville and if that game doesn't rain, it's different. No, it's not. No, no. it's not. No, I don't, I don't care if that game yesterday or on Saturday, if it's neutral turf. I don't care if it's in Neyland. The way that Georgia played on Saturday, it does not matter. I, I, the rain didn't have anything to do with it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm I am really tired of that excuse. Uh, 
we didn't it, beat ourselves. We hurt ourselves with 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 pre snap penalties. But Georgia has said, "Hey, this you've beaten everybody this way this year. You're not going to do it to us. We think our dudes are better than yours. Man up. Let's see if you can beat that." And we couldn't. Yeah, and when and when the the deep shot to Hot was overthrown early, um, which which actually I think there's a case to be made that Hooker overthrew the ball that Ringo picked off because if you throw that with no separation, you probably wanted a little bit underthrown where both guys, your best chance is that they jump for it, at least, sure. not a run under it situation. But when Hyatt had that deep opportunity early, I think he actually stepped on the ref's foot or something at the end of the play, which probably didn't help him, his sure. case, against that smothering defense. But when that happened and he had, you know, significant separation on that play, mm-hmm. I was I was encouraged. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so he can beat anybody is my take right now. He can truly run past anyone and man I, he just didn't get any any additional deep opportunities for the part of the game I was able to watch and I think if if this game is played again again wherever it's played there will still be the same advantages that Georgia has that will not change until recruiting changes in Tennessee until the type of player changes in Tennessee um, but at, you you have to make attempts more significant attempts to run the ball up the middle I think to attack the middle of the field with the pass game as well, I think, because a lot of those blitzes, they're just belling and they're kind of backing their way out as they do it. They know the routes are going to go towards the sideline because we line up so wide. So make them pay for that or at least make them cover 52 yards wide when you do that. Um, but those are the only things that I think that you can change. Um, maybe you involve Hinton Hooker's legs a little bit more intentionally. Sure. I don't know. Um, you certainly don't want to get him hurt here in week nine. I, I do get that. Always will. But just like you said a moment ago, like I think I said, nothing was there. There was absolutely nothing to be had. Every yard was a dogfight, and Georgia got 98 more of, more of those as the game played out. Mm-hmm. That front seven for Georgia was so aggressive and physical. There, there's this natural rule of thumb when, when defenses are coming hard at you like they were on Saturday. You got two options, draws and screens which we did neither one of, if I remember yeah. right. I don't now, remember. We, we did try that halfback draw, but after the first <clears throat> attempt, it was so ineffective. And sure. then you probably, probably want Jabari Small on that. I think he's still your best, your best all-around back, I think, even though Jalen Wright is very good and is going to be a very good ball uh, in the end. I think you still want Jabari Small for that. And mm-hmm. just after like the first maybe two, but probably the first one, it just, they took it away. Sure. They just crashed. They crashed everything in. Well, for the first time since 2017, I was dying for a slip screen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got we got all of the we got a decade's worth of slip screens in 2017, and and I was just thinking, man, what, you know, where's it at? Like, can we get can we get one of yeah. them? Just yeah. try one. Yeah. So with, with all that said, I'm a little disappointed in the adjustments in the game plan and the coaching overall. Yeah, not dis- disappointed in in the staff as a whole. Just in this particular game, obviously, I would have liked to have seen some different things. It just seemed like we came out in the third quarter and said, "Let's do what we've always done." Yeah, I mean, um, feels a little prideful. <clears throat> a Maybe little bit. that's why you lost the way that you did. But you know, here we are. So let's talk about for uh, um, the first quarter there, where <laughs> Georgia. Puts off this punt that I had in all my years of watching football, I have never 
ever. This dude punted this thing from Texas, <laughs> and it and it ended up on our one. Uh, you and I referred to the punt in 2015 that went in our favor as the punt that had eyes. Man, this yeah. punt had eyes. And it was determined. It was determined to get where it wanted to go, too. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, we end up in a situation there where Hendon is hit while is obviously in throwing motion. Uh, I want to know your opinion. Did you you think that was an incomplete pass, or did did you agree that that was a fumble? What were your thoughts on that? So, my, my take on that play is that his arm is coming forward, but to me, it's it's not one of those situations where it, it's it's clearly going forward and then from his hand is thrown. To me, it just – they pop the ball out. I think it is a fumble. I think it's a safety. I don't know how you – I'll tell you this. The only reason it's not a safety is because they didn't call it originally and because officiating screws are are terrible. They are so scared and stubborn to override their own calls. I think it's a fumble and a safety because I don't think the ball made the line to gain. Um, but I think that it, to me, it's a fumble and a safety before it's an incompletion, just because it just kind of, you can almost watch it just dislodge from his hand in that moment. Okay. Unlike, you know, some of those other situations where I can't even think of a specific one, but you see it go forward from the quarterback's hand, him throw it, they pop it out of Hendon's hand to my naked eye and watching that. And I'm sitting there, at a party surrounded by mostly Georgia fans with a few Tennessee fans around. I'm saying safety. What are we doing? What are we doing? Listening to Gary Danielson say the same three words 47 times in a row, but I'm sitting there saying that's a safety. And I would want the exact same thing if I was, if it was the, if the teams were reversed. Sure. So I actually thought it was an incomplete pass. However, I will say this, I'm totally okay with the being ruled a fumble. I think it's that close. I'm, I'm, I'm fine yeah. with it. However, if it is a fumble, I'm going to go ahead and repeat what you said here. That's absolutely a safety. Absolutely. That ball does not get all the way out of the end zone, and it's evident. It is evident. And so here, I just want the world to hear this. Two Tennessee fans who did not want a safety are saying that, that was a safety. Safety, <laughs> I mean, yeah. There's just no way – uh, around it what I don't get even more what baffles me even more is we get into punt formation right yeah and it feels it feels that um oh shoot his name escapes me our punter um Paxson Brooks yes Paxson Brooks it feels like he is under center <laughs> yeah did, that's dude. how close it is yep and what 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 sorry what baffles me is Georgia doesn't come after it I know and it was like you could tell that the punter was backed up because it doesn't go very far. He is absolutely just boxed in. I mean, he's got fans on his back. He's got pressure in his face a little bit because I agree they didn't rush it the way that I sure would have. They could have got their safety right there. <laughs> right, um, yeah. So it's a bad punt. It only travels to like the 35, 40-yard line-ish, yeah, which is good. just not good. But it was it was honestly an, an amazing effort to get it out that far. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I, I – not sure if you were heading there, but I mean, just they do the absolute football move right there and they take the shot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even early in that game, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, good. This staff stuck with Slaughter. And then you saw Haddon, you saw Turnage, you saw several guys. I'm like, yeah, they stuck with Slaughter after that good performance last week. And he got cooked by Lad McConkey. So I don't remember if that was a hitch and go that McConkey runs or if it was a zig, which is, which is an up and in and then back up. Either way, Danico Slaughter committed Cardinal <laughs> sin number one in yeah. playing defense, and he was flat-footed. I mean, yeah. it, they zoomed in on him going, 
like his whole foot is on the ground. You got to be <laughs> got to be on your toes. That's probably the safety in him, which safety yeah. shouldn't really be caught doing that either. But I, I was telling this to a lot of Georgia fans on Sunday. Listen, we've got safeties playing corner. I mean, yeah. we've got we have issues. We have body issues <laughs> in the secondary. And, you know, Christian Charles, QB1, QB2, whatever he is, hamstring issue. I don't really know at this point what's going on with Kamal yeah. Haddon. Um, Brandon Turnage obviously needs more time and development. Yeah. Every other quarter we have, I should just go ahead and say, needs more time and development. Yes. I would love to see us hit the transfer portal at this position. Big time. Going pull, into the offseason. Pull an LSU because that secondary, those corners and safeties at LSU are all – transfers go do that bolster your room you're going to have some some guys that are already there and that are younger or that are older and coming back they're going to continue to develop and get better um i think after last week's game slaughter even said something along the lines of i don't i don't want to play corner like this is not where i want to be but i'll do you know whatever the Mm. staff and the team needs me to do so let him be one of those replacements there for mccullough or flowers you know i think mccullough even has a, a covid year if he wants it so let Slaughter get back there at safety. Yeah, me too. Uh, our eyes rolled just ever so slightly, just ever so slightly. Just a little let, bit. <laughs> let Slaughter get back into the back end of that defense, man, and and then hit the portal hard and bolster that position because it's going to be one of your weakest spots again next year if you don't. Sure. Slaughter's a downhill safety. Yes. He's I a do. very physical football player. I like, I like his game. Yeah. Just, I, you know, probably a big part of last week is the athleticism and even even the college quarterback play of, of Will Levis and Stetson Bennett. Stetson is worlds better at this level than Will Levis. So they took advantage of it. The, the, I'm just speaking of Will Levis, the Kentucky hate that we got after this loss, I mean, just cracks you me guys, up. Y'all are uh, so just, cute, man. Y'all are just the cutest. What a bunch of – never mind. Can't say that word. So um <laughs> Slaughter, um, he he wants to come downhill. I don't think he wants to be caught backpedaling. He doesn't want to be caught turning his hips. Not not yet. Any I, I think he can become a something, but sure. That's neither here nor there at this point. Sure. If I had said, Mike, we're going to hold Georgia to 37 carries, 130 yards, you would have said. Oh, man, I said on the the little solo preview that I did, if you hold them to 125, 150, you got to be feeling good. Um, I would have said the same thing about Stetson Bennett. If, I, if you told me he passed for 257, I'd have said, that's good. You probably don't have receivers kill you. You probably do have the tight ends do what they do, and receivers get a little bit, and you're in a great position. And, and heck, y'all, listen, holding Georgia to 27 points, and there was times where they were conservative a little bit, trying to probably get, get the game over with. Holding Georgia to 27 points, I'm probably saying eight out of ten times that Tennessee wins that game. Mm -hmm. It's just they did – both defenses kind of made statements to an extent. Georgia was like, listen, we're still here. We're still number one. We've still got all this talent. And Tennessee, you know, they never quit. They never gave up. The run game just never really broke them. Um, So, yeah, I'm absolutely saying Tennessee's got a great chance to win if you tell me 37 for 130. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you mentioned Kirby, and so my mind went back to last week when the first CFP rankings were dropped, and I was just begging for us not to be put there at number one because yeah. Kirby is now that Saban disciple, and he's a great motivator, and he's going into this game saying, look, guys, they don't respect you, and 
they played like they were disrespected. They sure did, man. On both sides of the ball and special teams in, in all phases. You know, I can't just say enough about their offensive line. As good yeah. as their defense was, you can't say yeah. enough about their offensive line. Yeah, I mean that too. And and Stetson Bennett played really well as well. As much as I hate to say it, I'm really oh yeah, I'm ready for this guy to to graduate. He's about time, old. man. He's a long time for him to go. But I, I mean, what do you say? I mean, what positives? Um, you know, I think, again, I, I don't think anybody quit for Tennessee, and that's good because it was a demoralizing – listen, I mean, six points until halfway through the fourth quarter or, or further is demoralizing for what you are. And, I mean, again, like you said, they, they scored late in a position to go for onside kick and even had the ball after that, sacked on fourth down. Um, never quit. And just not even Tennessee, but so many teams against Georgia, they make you quit. They take your soul. Um, and that didn't happen with Tennessee. I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm proud of, you know, like the linebackers I feel like had a decent game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I feel like nobody quit. It was just, it was just a, you know, a cl- uh, who do you, who you got type situation. You got the Jimmys and the Joes and yeah, they just, the depth is not there at, you know, beyond the, and I don't yeah. even know if I would say the starting 22, but maybe even like the starting 15 yeah. or 17 dudes for Tennessee. Yeah, I'm not not sure what I can say defensively. Uh, again, I would have liked to have seen some different things schematically on the offensive side. Yeah. Maybe some jump balls to a Brew or a, mm-hmm. or a Cedric, a moving of the pocket. Obviously, uh, some 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 quicker game stuff, which yes. obviously that is a part of our offense already. Mm-hmm. But no screens, you know, no no side screens, no 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 ball screens, no no slips. No middle screens. I, I, I just don't remember any of it, which mm-hmm. are things that you have to do against a very aggressive defense because they were determined to get into the backfield. So <clears throat> I'm not real sure what else there's left to say, man. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sad. It sucks. Yeah. It does um, suck. The, the, the college football playoff is still very much in, in grasp. I mean, mm-hmm. at this rate, I would tell you that I would be surprised if we are not in it. Yes, be, as long as as long as you win these three games and then you get, you know, I mean, just a TCU loss or an Oregon loss will all but absolutely cement you in with three more wins to finish out the regular season. And then if you get that Georgia rematch, because, I, you know, I, I, we've texted about this, but after seeing Saturday, there's just not a lot of teams out there, especially with Alabama taking a second loss, the possibility of a rematch with them being off the table. There's just no team that scares me the way that Georgia does or – maybe even to say it better could do the things that Georgia did on Saturday. So I think if you, if you play yourself into that position, that you just try some of these other things, the quicker game, the middle of the field, hopefully you have Jabari small, you know, hundred percent or as close as he can be with that shoulder, because it was obviously his shoulder again. Um, so I think you just try those things that you didn't try Saturday. I think you play a more aggressive game defensively because I don't think we've tried to bring enough pressure either, or it was just picked up so well that it didn't look like we did. Yeah, um, and then you just roll with your cards because nobody's going to want to hear it. But you're so far ahead of schedule, you just have to take as much of advantage as you can of being where you're at. Absolutely. Um, I mean, so from here on out, rooting for whoever's playing TCU, rooting for whoever's playing Oregon, rooting for LSU and Atlanta, which is just crazy to say. Which Wild. there's a argument there that if they win, oof. You, yes, you have two losses, but you won the SEC. Yeah. Do you, do you get in? And there's a strong argument now. So 
especially yeah. if you beat this Georgia team. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Still, still like your chances. Still, yeah. still optimistic. Third best odds right now, I believe. Don't don't quote me, but I believe I've heard third best odds as it stands today. Yep. Uh, Michigan and Ohio State are going to play each other, so the Big Ten will be determined between one of those two. Still a strong chance that both of them get in. Sure. Mm-hmm. Despite, but I I do want some. I want Ohio State on Ohio State on the hot seat a little bit <laughs> that Northwestern yeah. performance because yes. that was very lackluster. But anyway. With this being an orange cast, we won't get into that too much. So, still like our chances, man. Still, I yeah. mean, we're eight and one. I mean, going into the preseason or going into the season, would you said, will you take it? Oh, uh, yeah. 100%. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Where do I sign? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Take a kidney. Whatever you need is down payment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just hope going forward that we. I think you'll really figure out who we are in this Missouri game. Do we, if, we, if we turn this into a bloodbath, I I like Josh Heupel and I love being a, uh, a Tennessee fan because I'm like, all right, we're, this means that we're really, really good. You and know? I guarantee you, if he can do it, he will do it because Drinkwitz loves to throw our name out when stuff comes up, talking about the, the sanctions and just being a general goober talking about his shoes and his contract extension and, yeah. Letting Brady cook and all this crap. If he can do it, and I think the team will be plenty motivated because you saw Hendon late in that game with his offense, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. If if we can run it up, we'll do sixty-two to twenty-four again, or whatever we did last year in Columbia. I think we'll be an exact repeat if we can do it, and I sure as heck think we can. Yep, yep. Less than ninety seconds here. Any other comments you want to throw in there? Nah, that's it. Stinks, but you want your first loss in November all the time over September and October. Hmm. Well said. You're a wise man. Did you read that in the fortune cookie? I think I read it in a book somewhere. It might have been the Bible, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the book of second volunteer. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys, thanks for listening wherever you are. Make sure you are liking and subscribing. Do us a favor. Like this video and then subscribe. And then tell somebody else to do the same. Uh, you guys are picking up steam for us and we greatly, greatly appreciate it. So make sure that you tell somebody about Pandemonium Reigns. The best thing to be talking about this time of year is college football and the best guys to be doing it are Mr. Michael Walker and Dan Tucker. Yes, I just referred to myself in the third person. It's what we do. It's what we do. It's what we do. Hey, we love you guys. God bless and go Vols. Pandemonium Reigns.